Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. On today's Coaching Coordinator podcast, we're going to talk about the mystique of stopping the run and that you don't necessarily need to stop the run to have a great defense. And joining me for the second time on the podcast, now I have to preface this, the last time we talked, he talked about stopping the run being multiple. Today he's going to talk about not necessarily having to stop the run and being simple. And that's the defensive coordinator at RPI, Jeff Dittman. Jeff, great to have you back again. Uh, it's great to be back. Thank you so much for having me again. It's funny how much can change in just two years. The last time we talked, obviously there was none of this COVID business going on. And before we got going, you talk, were talking to me about just how it's affected recruiting and how you guys are doing things a little bit differently, taking a COVID approach to recruiting. But at the same time, there's been some changes in the, the way you've done things as well. And one of the things, as I said, is this idea, we, we always talk about it. The main thing is you have to stop the run. You hear every defensive coordinator preach that, and yet you've found maybe that's not always true. Correct, yeah. So it, it kind of stumbled upon this going into the first game of 2021 is we had a, a football team we were going to play in Montclair State that had some explosive plays in the passing game. They had, they had a good running game and offensive line. But as we were going through our, our preseason install and, you know, we were getting beat on some deep shots, some deep throws, we started to recognize that we had, we had to keep the football in front of us. We had to keep uh, receivers in front of us. And, and as we looked at our first opponent, even though two years out, we recognized that uh, the deep shots were going to hurt us if we didn't keep the ball in front of us, if we didn't play a little bit more conservative with our coverage. So as we went through that game plan, we, we really installed a different type of defense, a little bit more conservative of a quarters approach rather than playing flat-footed with our safeties. And we said, you know what, if we if we give up 100, 100 or more yards on the ground running the football, that's okay because it, it means that they're, they're working the run game. They may get a, a few big plays, but keeping the football in front of us in the run game and also not allowing the big play in the pass passing game was going to be crucial for us to stay in the football game. That game taught us some really good lessons. Uh, we, we did not give up a single point on defense. I think we kept them under 200 total yards of offense, but I believe they ran the ball for over 100 yards, and, and we were okay with that. It's not necessarily about allowing teams to, to run wildly and freely in the, in the run game, but being sound in what we do and forcing teams, if they're going to throw the football, 
to throw the ball underneath and, and rally up and tackle and, and force teams to, to play another play and not, not get that explosive play. It's definitely a different approach to things if, if you look at it that way. And we take a look at all the trends we see on the offensive side of things. Offenses want to find those big plays now, and they've gone to an option type of football with the RPO that can take them down the field, even to level three, attacking a defender who's aggressive there. And then on top of that, you've really seen a reemergence of teams relying on the play-action pass. When you look at things, when you look at how you win football games, it goes back to the study done by the Green Bay Packers where the number of explosives in a drive greatly enhance your chances of scoring when you're on offense. So it, it does seem like a sound approach to say, hey, we're going to take, take this away. We're going to make them play another down. And I think as long as you don't get the explosive plays in the run game, it probably is a sound approach. Do you feel that the the RPO and maybe the emphasis coming back on those big play action shots is something that coaches might want to look at a different approach to things? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, yes, when I turn on other defenses and, and no disrespect to, to what we see on, on uh, you know, from other opponents and what they're doing defensively, but I look at it and say, you put your safeties flat-footed at six to eight yards and, and they're wildly aggressive and, and making sure that you fit every possible gap. It, it opens up that play action post vertical one-on-ones on the outside. And we said, safeties, you're going to, you're going to pedal even when there's a single receiver, you're going to be slow. Or if we're going to make a tackle, you're going to tackle between six and 10 yards in the run game, as opposed to being at the line of scrimmage, you know, when, when they are running the football, so I really think that by staying patient on the back end, by, by keeping depth, will force an offense to you have to find different answers to, to really engage the second and third level defenders. You know, so I, and we, we play as patient as an offense is going to play is our ultimate goal. If you're going to play slow and read, then we're going to play super slow until you make a defined decision. And then we will, we will attack the line of scrimmage. We'll attack the football, but not, until you declare we're, we're going to sit tight. Now, I know when we talked the last time, one of the things you were looking at learning more about and doing some research on was defending some of those max protected play action passes and shots down the field for you. What kinds of things have you done since we talked last time to help limit the effectiveness of those? Yeah, so I, I think with the combination of keeping our safeties deeper, whether we're going to be in a one high or two high structure, either pre or post snap, is keeping depth with the safeties, staying on top as much as we can as corners. And, and we did diagram, dial off some extra extra people pressure, trying to get six and seven people to pressure, knowing that tight ends and running backs were going to stay in. We had that ready for an opponent. Uh, actually, wasn't planned to to run it against the run game, but it was really effective when we needed it. You know, we, we were going to try to guess right on when they were going to run match protect play action, but trying to bring as many, if not one more than than they have to protect. So we had some scheme. It didn't necessarily time up with the calls, but uh, we ended up scheming into some some good run uh, run fits as well with that. So again, I think it really comes back to keeping your safeties on top as opposed to to not having them bite in play action and and owning their responsibility owning their territory and when it is play action turn run and and get on top of uh of the deep shots 
So in taking that different approach, and, and maybe some of this was solved with, um, you know, a year of not really playing ball, but did you have to spend any time, I guess, training that out of them, those, those safeties who were much more aggressive before to a new approach of, of staying on top? Yeah, it, it did take a little bit of time. Fortunate enough to have a returning starter at free safety and some really smart guys that, that bought into the coaching we really didn't we were an aggressive safety style defense of trying to get extra fitters really throughout preseason camp so it wasn't until about a week and a half before we played our first game that I knew it was in my head that I wanted to get to a more conservative coverage approach and and slow down our safeties in the run game so yeah it did take some time some route recognition and being able to pass switch verticals and again deep shots down the field so it did take some time and practice but they liked the comfort of of gaining a little bit more depth and and having more vision and really again just understanding that we 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 had some really good players up front from from defensive linemen that could change the math uh linebackers that were really good at fitting the run and really explosive and athletic players that once that trust was built that we could handle you know a six-man box versus versus seven people or, or five-man box, you know, when things were spread out, they, they recognized that they didn't have to be a part of the run game in order for us to, to be effective on defense. In looking at this approach, what are some things you feel you need maybe to coach up differently or look at differently with your front end? It, was there anything you did differently knowing that, hey, we're not going to be as aggressive on the back end, I'm not going to have that safety down in the box at linebacker level by the time the – the running backs hitting a hole. What what's the approach with your other guys? Yeah, so again, I think the the ultimate approach is it's okay if they are getting four to six yards a clip at certain times. So it really it was less about changing their technique as much as trusting the game plan. I know that sounds crazy, and it's not a not a perfect. It's not a science. It's uh, you know we're gonna we're gonna take some lumps here and there in the run game. You know, we're going we're gonna to move into some things. We're going to, you know, line movements that can cancel gaps, uh, inserts with our, our inside linebackers or our, our weak side rush player that could insert inside to try to change the math. But it was really about trusting what the ultimate game plan was. And there were two games in a row where we said later in the season, said the same thing. They can go ahead and run for over 100 yards. They're not going to beat us running the football. And both of those teams ran for 150 yards, and, and we won both football games. So it was trusting that their run game is not something that they lived off of to win, but it was something that they did. So we were okay with them you know, running the ball with some effectiveness, knowing that, that we were going we to be in the right places in the pass game. So, again, it was, it was more of a trust the game plan, trust the fact that we have good players that can change the math, and we have some, we have some pressure, we have some line movements, that can change the math, cancel out gaps for us. So it was really a, really a buy-in from the coaching staff to uh, to the players that, that this is what we needed to do in order to win a football game. You guys were champions of the Liberty League, and you made it to the NCAA Division Three playoffs, won two games there till you saw North Central. North Central, obviously defending national champions, will be playing for the national championship this Saturday. Looking at though those teams you you play every year, and I know you know we've we've had that time in between seasons, but as you guys started using this approach, did you see any changes in their plan of attack? Did they do anything 
maybe differently than they had before because you guys had uh, a new philosophy? So I'm not sure if we saw a, a ton different. One of the things we saw late in the season, our last game was uh, some quarterback run, you know, adding, adding an extra guy, of course, snapping the football directly to, uh, to either a running back or to a backup quarterback that uh, was able to create extra gaps. That was something that did challenge us that we have to, we have to dig a little bit deeper and, and figure out if, you know, we, we have to get to an auto check uh, in order to then re-engage our safeties because we were a little bit softer. But I think that was the biggest thing that we saw was more of the wildcat concept or just a, an athletic enough quarterback, you know, running lead power or counter plays like that where they were pulling guys and, and had extra lead blockers. That was the probably the biggest thing that we saw that challenged us when, when we did need to stop the run. Um, we had to find an answer. We fell into some things within those games that we liked some calls against that to to try to balance things up. But I would say that that was the biggest thing that that did challenge us when, you know, we were allowing a team to to run the football a little bit more uh, effectively. Was all right. Now we've got to got to re-answer that. And you know, how do we defend eleven on eleven in the run game? Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, something that we've got to dig a little bit deeper to to be ready for that here in the future. Now, looking at what you guys do on the offensive side of the ball, the the triple gun offense, a lot of option, obviously ball control with what, what coach is doing over on the other side there. Do you feel this approach was maybe more complimentary in, in that, you know, if, if a team is, if you're going to beat an option team, being able to get explosive plays and score quickly, you know, forces forces them to chew more clock. How did it fit as as far as we hear that all the time now playing complementary football? But how did it fit for you guys? Yeah, I think uh, probably the the best team football game that we played we played uh, Cortland in the second round of the playoffs, and I know that we controlled the clock. I don't have the exact numbers, but I think ran the ball with the most most effectively on the entire year. Um, our running back actually two weeks uh, in a row in the playoffs uh, ran for career highs for himself. So he, he broke that mark uh, when we played Cortland. Uh, so he ran for over a hundred yards in both, uh, both of our playoff games before North central. Uh, and it yet yeah, allowed us to, to take a breath on the sideline to, you know, ha- make any adjustments that we needed to make. And, you know, it really took some pressure off of, you know, having to get three and outs over and over and over again, um, just so that we could get our legs back, you know, and, and yes, offense, complimentary football, you know, being able to run the football effectively, uh, quick pass game, and, and getting first downs and, and controlling the clock is huge. But, um, you know, also you've got to factor in special teams. Uh, we had a first-team all-conference punter. I believe he was, was all-region first team uh, as a punter, really, really good at getting the football inside the 20, which is defensive coordinator and the defense's best friend, you know, was controlling that field position as well. So, Really, the compliment comes from from the offense running the football effectively and moving the chains. You know, our punter being able to punt the football down deep into the opponent's territory and, and really having success with that. So, yeah, I think we played uh, just about 60 plays against Cortland State, at, at, and at the time they were 11 and 0, and averaging I think over 40 points a game. We held them to 14. So, really, a lot of that had to do with our offense controlling the football and uh, controlling the tempo of the game. Coach, looking at defending base was something we talked about before you got going two things that you looked at an approach where you were simple on base, but multiple on money downs. And the last time we talked, it was being very multiple and stopping the run. Obviously stopping run is kind of a base base down thing 
for you, how did this approach work and maybe what was different than what you had been doing before? I think as a, and I guess I'm still in, in the, the younger years of, of being a coordinator. This was my third season coordinating the defense. I think I've learned a lot that you don't have to throw a bunch of stuff on the wall and see what sticks, especially in base downs, because you can get yourself into, into trouble getting, getting teams into, you know, second to one, second and one to three or teams that are chunking first downs because you're, you're trying to do too much early down situations. So, you know, trusting our base techniques, trusting our base scheme, trusting our players to, to play within what they know allowed us to get to third and medium, third and longs. And, and that's the ultimate goal for, for every defense is, is to get, get the opponent into, into money downs that are more favorable for the defense. Getting them to, to third, third and four and beyond really is where you want to be. So trusting that we don't need to out-scheme an opponent to get them to where we need to be. And then you know, on third downs, that's when you can create variety. You can throw a lot of simulated pressures, you know, play cover one, play play man under two deep, you know, having a lot of variety on third down and them not knowing what we're going to drop drop out into or if we're going to bring bring some serious heat and, you know, being able to change that week to week and coverage disguise like crazy really was, was very effective for, uh, for our defense. So get to money down by being <laughs> – by being simple as opposed to in, in a couple of years ago, really trying to do too much, I think, on base downs, you know, that, that could get us in trouble and create more big plays. And you go through the course of, of our season, and it wasn't until first game of the playoffs where we gave up a 66-yard touchdown because one of our, our secondary players, he fell down, uh, as opposed to, you know, creating some, some bad structure within our defense or or creating gashes where they didn't need to be as we, we were sound and let our kids play fast, physical, and uh, really finish plays uh, every single down. When you look at this approach and you mentioned your players being confident in their technique, do you feel then uh, things change for you from a practice perspective that maybe you were able to spend a little bit more time on your techniques and being fundamentally sound? Yeah, so, I, you know, I think, when you when you go through our, our Tuesday practice, it was pretty limited in terms of how much scheme we were we were looking at on that on that Tuesday practice. It was what are their openers, what are their top plays, and and base down and distances. So yeah, it allowed us to see what the offense was trying to do, try to create what we thought the opponent's game plan was going to be based on on who we are, and yeah, really focus on. Spilling, spilling guards or, or boxing guards and how we needed to play RPO and base alignments, those kind of things were, were really crucial to, to, yeah, us being better in our base defense. And I did not come up with this. Bernard Clark Jr., they call him Tiger, out at uh, Robert Morris. When I heard him when he was at UAlbany, he would always say, your best defense is your base defense, and you've got to make it that way. And I didn't understand it as a young coordinator because I wanted, I thought that it was about out-scheming an opponent every single down, and it, it's not. It's about being great within your base and, and trusting that. And, yeah, so I think that really did help. It also helps when you've got really, really good football players all over the place that, that are fast, physical, and they, they trust in us and we trust in them. But definitely that, that helped us hone in on, on our base defense. You mentioned simulated pressures, and definitely is something – I know we talked about just about every week that we had DJ Elliott here on the podcast during the season, 
and it's become a, a big part of what defenses are doing. You see it at every level. You see some teams, though, do it better than others. For you, what are the keys to being successful with simulated pressure? So to me, the biggest thing was establishing what our pre-snap look was going to be. So we looked the same every single out of the different calls that we had for simulated pressure, it was provide the same coverage disguise. So it was, you know, whether it's going to be one high or two high, typically it was a one high look with, with five, six or seven guys showing around the line of scrimmage. And, and that week, every single sim pressure was, was exactly what that base looked like. And the goal is to, to run, you know, eight to 12 during the course of a game. So they, they had that look eight to 12 times and it was, a different guy coming, again, whether it was three, four, five, six, or seven, we were going to provide that same look, and you didn't know if we were going to play cover three quarters by the time they snapped the football, cover two, I mean, a lot of different things, or play true man-to-man. So to me, it's about looking the same pre-snap and then being able to uh, to throw some, some variety at them on the snap of the football. When you're looking at your players getting back into the right position, right? When you have them up in that sim, what are some of the things you really focus on when you're planning those? Do the concepts that the offense is running come into play with their with their uh, pass concepts versus your drops uh, and what you might use in, in uh, your coverage, right? Because obviously sometimes a, a player's got to go farther than if he's, he's setting up in his normal position. So how do you take those things into account to, to make sure you're in the best position that you're putting your players in a position to win? We, we really stumbled into the, the simulated pressure package as the season went on. So it actually took some time through reps and practice, through seeing different route combinations of exactly what those guys needed to do. They're, they're used to lining up at, you know, five yards off the ball and they're, you know, in, a, in an apex alignment between, you know, number three and the offensive tackle or whatever the case might be. Yeah, they're coming from a different spot. So it's really teaching them to, to open their hips and run. And, yeah, if I'm, if I'm dropping off a three, am I going to get a, a five-yard choice route that could come back inside? Is it going to snap out? Is number, number three going to go vertical? You know, what, what's number two going to do? So, yeah, it, it depended on, on the routes to an extent, but it really we had to teach them – how to get to their their base drop from a different alignment uh, and and the sense of urgency, really understanding down in distance versus you know in situation of the game as opposed to well this is what I normally have to do. So the goal was to package it all together that it wasn't earth shattering in terms of their new responsibility. They're just doing it from a different alignment, and it just so happens that it's third and seven with the ball you know uh, in, in their territory. So. You know, they're probably going to throw the football and you're probably going to get routes that are coming to the sticks. So uh, a lot of it was teaching situational awareness. Yes, a, a bit of a new technique for them, but they're getting to the same place typically that they're, they're supposed to be in a, uh, a normal alignment. It's just, again, from, coming from, uh, from a different spot in the sense of urgency of, of getting to that point based on their pre-snap alignment. When you look at the opportunity you had to, to learn to pick up things, um, cer- certainly with that, time off i know last year we got going with uh, the illinois clinic right around this time lots of opportunities to learn what's something you picked up that you felt really helped you practice wise something that you found and maybe made a few tweaks here or there that helped you 
practice defense? Yeah, I mean, I, I spent a lot of time on the NFL network, uh, really. You know, I, I checked out clinics and, and saw some really good drills, and, and we stole some, some good things that way. But I decided to follow the, the Baltimore Ravens throughout their 2020 season, just trying to understand what what they were doing, you know, how their approach would change from, from week to week based on their opponent, and, and understanding that, we're not the NFL. We're at a different level. But to me, it was it was watching a team throughout the course of a game and on different in different situations how they reacted and when they became more multiple. So it was really it was less about what their scheme was than about the approach on those different down and distances. And and again, you recognize that you know first and second down they were you know a bit more basic. They are a heavy pressure team. I believe they're the the highest pressure team uh, in the NFL still. But the fact that, you know, they stayed true to who they were and based down in distances. And then it was it was coming to that third down where they got really exotic, you know, and try, trying to steal a few things and just diagram what they were doing. There were so many great clinics out there. It's, it's hard to, to really remember what shaped and molded our practice plans and, and some of the different drills. But I think just taking bits and pieces of words and phrases and how valuable every clinic out there is, whether you're a defensive coach and you're watching offensive clinic or, or vice versa. There's so many things that, that you can take to then make your own, to provide it to your players. That's, that's something really new and, you know, something exciting for your, for your players to, to hear. That's not the same, the same thing that you always do because, you know, one of the things that, that I have up on my board that I'm looking at right now, it says, if it ain't broke, break it. You may be a good football program. You may run a good, a good defense or, or run a good position room, but find what's good and then find how to make it even better. And I think that's the, the ultimate goal for us as a staff on defense, for us as a, as a program here at RPI is, is it may be good, but it's nothing is ever good enough. You can always find a way to improve. So if it ain't broke, break it. The ability to improve certainly has changed over the last two years. I think accelerated, like you think back to, you know, two years ago, most coaches at the time, maybe 50% might have known what Zoom was and a lesser percentage of them actually knew how to use it. So now just even outside of the clinics, the ability for us to get on with anybody at any time and talk ball and learn is there. Uh, we, As I mentioned, we have the, the clinics coming up and I'll, I'll mention more at the end of the podcast on how to get uh, the links to those. But what's going to be the focus for you? What's the approach you're taking to learning more this offseason, knowing that you can probably get whatever you need somewhere here from somebody during this, this off season. Yeah. I think similar to the 600 plus day layoff from, from playing football, listening to, to young coaches, listening to veteran coaches and continue to steal just a little bit more from, from what they might be providing. It's, it's not necessarily the overall topic. It's really some of the messaging, some of the organizational structure. Uh, I do like to, uh, and I will take some scheme from from other teams when I see it on film, but really it's it's about finding something just a little bit a little bit different that we may not be doing from from drills and techniques and and really language is is the ultimate goal to try to learn a little bit more about how to streamline how we coach and and be more efficient in in that regard. So really it's it's wide open at this point. And hopefully we'll create a little bit more focus, especially when we sit back down and things settle down with recruiting about exactly what it is that we need to find. But to me, it's, yeah, as much as as much as we can go out and learn and I want to continue to learn, 
it's then saying, okay, how, do, how does this fit our program and how can this relate to, to our guys? So always the, that's always the, the main focus is growing ourselves as coaches, but then how will that get regurgitated to our players and, and how does it fit, fit our program best? Well, Coach, I can tell you it was, it was nice to get to know you guys. I know I told Coach Icernia that I've been trying to run him down forever, and so this time off did allow us to get together. I'll link. He talked about the MVP process. I'll link that one in the show notes in, in our last one with you where we did a deep dive on defense and being multiple and stopping the run. And um, I, I appreciate you taking the time with us again and sharing ideas here. And to look forward to seeing what you guys do in 2022. Thank you so much. Really appreciate this opportunity, and you know, look forward to to continuing this uh, this with you in the in the future. Thanks so much again. Thanks again for listening to the Coaching Coordinator Podcast. I'll put a link in the show notes to our state association mega ticket, which allows you access to over 10 clinics, over 400 talks during clinic season. I'll link that and the other resources I mentioned in the show notes. Follow me on Twitter at Coach K Grabowski and follow all we're doing at coachingcoordinator.com.